Uh, when I was in fourth grade, I had some responsibilities. Uh, my parents gave me chores, and uh, I remember about fourth grade, we uh, had bought a dog by the name of Buster. Uh, Buster was a Cocker Spaniel, and my mom's already shaking her head. She knows what I'm going to say here. Uh, he was a Cocker Spaniel, and he uh, was very, very hyper. And we lived on a busy road at that point in time, and, and Buster liked to chase cars. And so uh, they didn't, my parents didn't want that to happen, uh, which is understandable. Um, and so uh, every day we would lock Buster up in a kennel. Uh, we had another dog who was on a leash, and, and I f- don't know why. Maybe I can be enlightened later. But for some reason, Buster, uh, we didn't put on a leash. We put him in a kennel uh, while we were at school and while my parents were at work. And every day uh, when I got home, my job uh, was to let Buster out so that he could do his business and then put him back in the kennel until my parents got home. Uh, and sometimes that was rough, like Buster liked to run around, and, and sometimes it was hard to get him back in. Uh, and one day I remember coming home, and uh, I had a busy day for a fourth grader, right? I had some homework, uh, I had to take care of Buster, I had a basketball, a very important basketball game as a fourth grader, all right? And, and I, I, did, I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to get everything done before my game started, and I knew if I didn't have my homework done, I wasn't allowed to play in the game. And so I remember turning to my brother, who was two years younger than me, and I said, Tommy, will you please uh, take care of Buster while I go start on my homework? And I'm there doing my homework, and about an hour later, I look up at Tommy and said, hey, how was everything with Buster? And he said, oh, he was good. I let him out. It was perfect. I asked him, okay, how about getting him back into the kennel? And he said, I didn't do that. And I learned very quickly uh, that... When it's your job to do something, it's your job to do it, right? Uh, Buster, unfortunately, was chasing cars and and got hit uh, during that time. And so I got in lots of trouble when my parents uh, got home. Uh, and, and, and there's this is something that I think is endemic of a lot of us. Uh, we tend to have a lot of things going on in our lives. As a fourth grader, I had a lot of things that I thought were important. And the question then becomes, when we have all these things to do, which do we do first? Which is the most important? All right, we come home and there's laundry to be folded. There's dishes stacking up. The living room's a mess from our kids, right? And what is the most important task to do? Because there's a lot of them. And sometimes we have to choose and pick which one we're going to do. Uh, we go to work, and we have lots of tasks at work. We have lots of priorities, and we have to decide which one is the most important of the things that we need to accomplish. And we do this all the time in our lives, and, and as our lives get busier and busier, we have more and more stuff to do. And so today I want us to, uh, to look, because I think the Israelites were in a situation very much like that, where they uh, were trying, they had a lot of stuff to do, there was a lot of things for them to accomplish, all right, and they had to choose which they were going to do and which they were going to neglect or put off till later. And so we want to look at this story. Uh, we're going to be uh, this week and next week in the book of Haggai. Um, and so hopefully you can find that. All right, Haggai is uh, in the Minor Prophets. Uh, you can look in your table of contents. I give you permission uh, because it's not usually a book we go to very often. So uh, we hope that you can open up, turn there uh, as we read together. And we're going to use uh, verse 1 as an uh, introduction to what is going on in Haggai uh, in, his, in history. So here's what verse 1 says. In the second year of King 
Darius or Darius, uh, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, who has a father, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of uh, this guy, uh, the high priest. So sometimes it gets difficult. Okay, so you guys can shoot for what their names are. Uh, later. So, all right. So, uh, Haggai is coming. Basically, he's talking to the governor, Zerubbabel, and to uh, the high priest, whose name is Joshua, not the Joshua who fought the Battle of Jericho. Different guy, okay? All right. So, uh, this kind of sets the scene in history of where we're at. Uh, we're in the reign of King Darius, uh, or Darius, depending on how you want to say that. Uh, he was a Persian king, and so we are after uh, what is known as the exile. Uh, the Israelites, they uh, ruled themselves with kings for about 500 years. Uh, most of that 500-year period, they were into two different kingdoms, all right? But uh, as a nation, collectively, they disobey God and they turn to idols. And so God punished them by bringing in the Babylonians. And the Babylonians, when they conquered Jerusalem, they destroyed a lot of things. And this is going to be important later on, okay? They tore down the walls. Uh, they tore down the temple of God. Uh, they destroyed much of the housings. And they took the people of Israel, most of them, and they sent them off into exile. That was their policy in dealing with foreign nations, okay? And so a lot of Israel went into exile. Uh, and Babylonians, after a short period of time, about 40 or 50 years, uh, they themselves are conquered by the Persians, all right, and the Persians, they had a different philosophy on how to deal with uh, the nations that they've conquered. Where the Babylonians took them into exile, the Persians said, hey, you just have to pay us taxes. And if you don't, we have this big army that can kill you. All right, and so that's kind of their policy. And so they sent everybody back that the Babylonians had sent into exile. And so the Israelites, about seven years before uh, Haggai is written, they've returned to Israel. And when they return, they see that everything's pretty much how it was when they left. There were a few people left in, in Jerusalem, all right, but they, they were so worried about surviving themselves and planting a small amount of fields and being able to feed themselves that they didn't really rebuild anything. And so when the exiles returned, there was a lot of things that they needed to do. All right. There were a lot of houses that were destroyed, and so they had to rebuild that. There were a lot of fields that were allowed to go fallow for, for decades. All right? And so they had to rework the fields to get it to be able to produce a viable crop. And so there's a lot of things going on. And it's one of those things where they have so much stuff that they really don't have time to do it all. All right, and so they're, they're kind of picking and choosing which they're going to do. And so we read uh, in verse 2 kind of the opening uh, of what the problem that Haggai is going to address is. And this is what Haggai says. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. All right, so there's, there's a lot of things. Like again, there's a lot of stuff that they have to do. They have to rebuild houses for themselves so that they can live in. There's fields to be worked. Uh, and so they, they kind of made this decision that the temple was not a priority. And really what we read here is, is they use this word that I think sometimes uh, we use as parents, right? When our kids uh, want to do something that, that we know that if we just say no to, that they're going to throw a fit or whine. 
you know, you're at Walmart and they want to play in the arcade area and you don't really want to tell them no because you know that, that they're going to just whine and cry, right? And so we use these words, right? Maybe later. Right? How, how many of you have ever used those words before to your kids? Maybe later. All right, and when we say maybe later, what do we really mean? No, right? We just don't want to come out and say no. We just say maybe later. And eventually the kids, my kids have learned this. Well, that means no, you know, but they, but they don't, you know, but they don't throw a fit as much as, as no does, okay? And that's kind of what the Israelites are doing here, all right? When they're looking at the temple, they're saying, you know what? Maybe later we'll get to it, all right? Maybe later is when it, they're, they're having these town meetings. They're saying, okay, we have this field to plan, we have this house, and there's that one guy that's saying, hey, what about the temple? And everybody else is saying, look at that guy, and they're saying, yeah, maybe later. All right? And really the problem is, is that maybe later never comes, right? All right? And that's kind of what is happening here is the Israelites, they're maybe latering the temple when we have time. When, when we have the ability, when we finally don't have all this other stuff to do, we will get to the temple. But what's the problem with that? There's always something, right? And so they're just pushing it off and pushing. It's been seven to ten years that they've been saying maybe later about the temple. And so God is kind of upset about this. And in verse 3, uh, we're, we're told that the Lord comes to the prophet Haggai and he says this. It is, is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? And he uses this play on words. You guys keep saying maybe later, but it's, it's later now for your houses. All right, and, and there's some debate on, on what this means. Paneled houses can be uh, translated as, either as there's houses with roofs on them or that they're adorned houses. And so it could be taken that they're so worried about making their houses look pretty that they forget that there's a temple that's still in ruins. And here's, what's, here, here's really what the major problem is with all this, and the reason why God is upset. Uh, we live on the other side of the cross, right? Jesus has already come, he's already died, and we have forgiveness because of his sacrifice, and we don't have to sacrifice again, all right? But the people in Haggai's day, they still were before Jesus, and so when they wanted to worship God, when they wanted to sacrifice for forgiveness of their sins, they had to do it at the temple, but if there's no temple, they can't sacrifice. And so they're literally putting off every spiritual thing that they need in order to fully worship their God. And this is a problem. See, they were putting their physical needs in front of their spiritual needs. And, and, and this, is, this is something that I think we do. Right? We have busy schedules. We live in a busy world, and it's just fast-paced, left and right. And we have things that we have to do. And you add kids to that, and it gets even crazier. Right? My, my life this last week has been super busy between soccer and, and Hannah's in Yanwan Ru, uh, which is martial arts, like karate type thing. All right? And between those two kids alone, that, that doesn't even include Hadessa or my other th- other two, all right, between those two kids alone, we've been traveling back and forth from practices and all these things, and life gets busy. And the thing that happens when life gets busy on our physical side, we tend to cut God out of our spiritual life. And there's questions I think are good to ask ourselves. When 
was the last time I opened up my Bible outside of Sunday morning? That's a good question to ask yourself. When was the last time I prayed beyond, you know, Sunday morning and beyond praying for my meals, right? We pray for our meals. It's kind of ingrained to us at times. Beyond those two things, when's the last time I prayed? When's the last time I fasted for God's direction in my life? When's the last time I had honest fellowship outside of Sunday morning with fellow believers in God? When these are these are questions that I think that if we don't have honest answers for, then we're probably cutting out God from our lives because our spirit, our physical needs are so many. And that's not how it ought to be. You know, when life gets hectic, God shouldn't be the one to cut out. And what God is asking is a very tough question here. Really? You, you, you guys don't have time to build the temple, but you have time for your houses to make them look beautiful? And I think God asks that same question of us. He's like, really? You don't have time to read the Bible, but you have plenty of time for Facebook. You, you don't have time to pray, but you have plenty of time for, for Netflix, I, you, you don't have time to, to, to fast, you know, but you have plenty of time to go to various activities in town. I mean, we, we, we tend to be in the same situation. There's a lot of things in our lives, whether we're young or old, where they're just time wasters. You know, we're, we're just wasting time, and we could be doing other things for our spiritual needs rather than what we physically want. Maybe for you, it's something else. You know, for me, it's not necessarily those things. It's Wikipedia, all right? I love to learn, and Wikipedia is just an awesome website just to read about histories of things, and I could spend days on it, you know? And it's a time waster. And it's just one of those things that I, I, have to, I personally struggle with, where I have to get off of it so that I can actually do something productive in life. All right, and so, so maybe for you it's not these things that I'm saying, but maybe for you it is something, and you know it, that you just don't have time to read the Bible, to pray to God, to do these spiritual things because you want to do something else. All right, and that's what I think God is asking them here. Really? You really don't have time for me? Well, uh, the, it continues, that guy says in verses 5 and 6, uh, that God says this. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thoughts to your ways. And this is a trademark statement for Haggai. It's more than just thinking about what's going on. You know, it's considering your life. And we'll talk about that here in a second. He says, go up and build my or into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. And so Agai asked them to really stop for a moment and to consider their lives, to examine it. I wait, when they use the word way in the Old Testament especially, it's talking about your life. Your life is a journey. You're walking on a path. It's the way. What way are you taking? And he's saying stop and consider what is going on. And really... The question that I think that we're going to see answered here in a little bit is this. Has neglecting the spiritual side of things really enhanced 
the physical side? And I think that's what God's asking them. Are, by, by not building the temple, are you any better off now than you were seven years ago when you first came to Jerusalem? And I think that's a question we have to ask. If we are really neglecting our spiritual side and, and trying to get ahead on our physical thing, are we any better off than where we were? Well, this is what, what he says in 7 and 8. He said, God says, well, I already read that. In verse 5, he says this, Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much. You have harvested little. You have uh, you eat, but you've never had enough. You drink, but you've never had your fill. You put on clothes, but are not worn. You earn wages only to put them in your purse with holes. And so there's our answer, right? Has neglecting building the temple aff- affected them positively? And the answer is no, right? You've harvested, but what have you gained? You know, we, we, under, we get this understanding from this that they've, they know how much food that they need for the community. And that they planted enough seed in order to produce that much harvest so that they would be filled. And yet, when the harvest comes, where they're wanting much, there's little. They're they're eating, and and they're not being full. They're drinking, and and they're not filled with that as well. They're not satisfied with what they have. And, and everything that Haggai talks about here, this is the necessities of life, the eating, the drinking, the clothes. If you had that, you lived to the next day. And so these were things that they struggled with on a regular basis to have enough of, and yet what they see is, is the more time that they've spent trying to get that, the less they ended up having. And this is the reality of of neglecting the spiritual side of things. When we neglect the spiritual side of things, our physical is not enhanced by it. We are not better off because we've cut God out of our life. And this is what Haggai is, is encouraging them. Go and get the timbers. They would be used as rebar in the, in the stone workings. And so he says, stop neglecting the spiritual thing. When our lives are busy, when we have things on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and we just don't know how we're going to get it all accomplished, the one thing that we should be off limits to us cutting is God. That that should be the last thing that we even think about cutting. Uh, When I was growing up, my uh, mom made sure that I went to church. I remember getting my driver's license and spending a day with my friends rather than telling her that I wasn't going to be coming home. And I remember coming home and and I got grounded from my car uh, for a week. But the one thing that she said that you can drive to is church and Boy Scouts. Those were the two things that it was my punishment to go to. And I I was grateful for that. I'm grateful for that now. And that's how it should be. As parents, we shouldn't punish our kids by saying, you don't get to go to church today. That makes no sense. That's where they're going to get better. That's when they learn how to actually listen to you. So don't punish them in that way. Say, no, you're in trouble. You're going to church. You need Jesus. Jacob needs to talk to you about him. That's how it ought to be. And as adults, we shouldn't punish ourselves by saying, you know what, I I don't really have time to go to church. 
We shouldn't punish ourselves by saying, you know what, I haven't had enough sleep. I'm going to use Sunday to sleep in. Like that should be the least option. Take a nap after Sunday. Right? When, when, when we are looking at our busy schedule, we really need to find these things that are in our lives that, that are, are keeping us from being in contact with God. And so if that is Facebook, you know what, delete Facebook. You know, I, I've taken it off my phone because I know I spent way too much time on it. Right? Stop paying for Netflix. You know, if you don't pay, you can't watch it. It's an amazing thing. Right? And, and I think that if we are truly going to be honest that we need God in our lives to make our physical side the things that we're struggling with daily to survive, then it means that we have to cut out the time wasters. Cut out the things that we're spending way too much time on and focus instead on God in our lives. This is the crazy thing about God is that God either wants all of us or he wants none of us. And the reason why the Israelites are struggling right now is that they've not learned from the exile. I mean, they were sent in exile because they had neglected God in their lives. They were sent into exile because they had turned to idols. And while they're not necessarily turning to idols, they're not all in for God. They've neglected the building of the temple, not just for like a month, okay, for seven years. They've not even gone up to the temple mount to look at it. All right, and so that God has withdrawn his blessings. That's the thing is that God promised the Israelites, if you're all in for me, you will be blessed. And if you're not, you don't get that blessing. And so Haggai is encouraging them, stop neglecting the temple. Stop cutting it out. And as the people of God in this age, we need to not neglect God in our lives. Uh, the story continues in verses 9 uh, through 11. He says, You have expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. Uh, what you brought home I blew away. Why, declares the Lord, because of my house, which remains in ruin, while each of you were busy with your own house. Therefore, because uh, the heavens have withdrawn their dew and the earth its crops, I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else that the ground produces, on people and livestock and all the laborers of your hands. And here we see that God uh, cut the blessing out of their lives. Uh, he did this by causing a drought. And a lot of the reason why they weren't having crops is because of the drought. Uh, we don't really feel droughts uh, like they do did. Uh, California has been in a drought until I think this year when it's, they've had too much rain. All right? But they've been in a drought for many, many years, and we don't know it, do we? Uh, we don't feel it like they do. We have better crops and better uh, farming techniques than what they had to them. But if they had a drought, it meant that they didn't eat. And that was a problem. And so that's a, what a lot of this is, is they didn't have that blessing. Verse 12, we read that they respond uh, to this. And it says that Zerubbabel and uh, Joshua and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. And so when they finally hear what's going on, they, they just respond by saying, okay, this is what we need to do. And so they begin the process of rebuilding the temple, uh, and we'll read more about that next week. 
Uh, verse 13, I think, is, is a very important verse in this story. It says this, uh, Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So after all of this issues of, of neglecting the spiritual side to, to figure out the physical needs in their lives and, and realizing that God really isn't blessing them, once they turn their lives back to the way it was ought to have been, where they are starting to build on the temple, when they're starting to worry about their spiritual needs as well as their physical needs, we see that God comes to them with a very uh, important message. I am with you. And that's really what we want in our lives, I think. That's what I want in my life, at least. I want to know that God is with me. And God promises to be with his children. As long as we're not neglecting God, God is with us. And that's awesome. And the blessings that are given to his children are given because he is there. And so we, as, as people of God, we cannot neglect him in our lives and expect everything to turn out well. Right, we must stop being busy and stop cutting God from our lives and, and rather focus on God to receive those blessings. doesn't mean that life's not going to be hard. They still had to plow fields. They still had houses to build. They still had a lot of things going on in their lives, but they could face it because God was with them. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're grateful for Haggai and, and his message, his encouragement to uh, just be people that are, are looking out for you, that, that are, are fulfilling our spiritual things that, that need to be in our lives. Help us, Father, when we get into a busy portion of our lives that, that we don't think that you are just an obligation or that you're just something that, that, that we don't have to do. Help us to realize that, that you want to be first in our lives. You want, when we have lots of choices of things to do, that you want to be that top choice, the first thing that we do, the first thing that we get done. Uh, help us, Father, to, to make that choice uh, to be holy in for you. Help us, Father, to, to choose you first in all things. And, Lord, let, let us just have confidence that when you are with us, all these other things are going to be taken care of because you love us and you want to take care of us. Thank you, God, for Jesus, uh, for the sacrifice that provides a way of salvation to you and a way of connecting to you. It's his name we pray. Amen.